Every day, people and groups, big and small, are on the front line chasing solutions to life's most pressing challenges. Most of what they do, sadly, goes unreported and unnoticed. That's all about to change. Track all the in-depth information and analysis on a wide range of development issues affecting everyday life and meet the people driving the march towards sustainable sustainable growth. Development Report, Fridays from 10.30 a.m. on 99.3 Nigeria Info. It's radio's new big platform to bring development partners home and abroad closer. Development Report, real issues, real news. It's 26 minutes before the hour on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Good morning. Welcome to the fifth episode of Development Report on this dial. I'm Femi Obong Daniels. The program provides you with in-depth information and analysis by experts and stakeholders on a wide range of issues affecting the lives of our citizens as unscripted discussions of fact and opinion. It's good to have you join us. Our social media platforms are there for you at Nigeria Info FM on Twitter. Also at Dev Newsroom on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, there could be a twist on today's episode of Development Report. We may be able to grant an opportunity for phone-in contribution from our audience. This is the review episode number five, where we review the first four uh, We'll be doing this monthly as it goes. So, we're looking at the implications of recent economic indicators on Nigerians via index reports this week. There have been five development index reports about Nigeria that uh, are very recent. We've reviewed some of them and would review everything this week. One is the State of States 2018 report by budget, the Fiscal Sustainability Index. There was also the Goalkeepers Report. Remember, we had that like three weeks ago. There's the Global Competitiveness Report of 2018 and the State of the World Population, State of World Population 2018 Report. Uh, there is also the Commitment to Reducing Inequality Index 2018 Report. And just this week, uh, our very own Nigerian Economic Summit Group released uh, the NESG 2018 Macroeconomic Outlook Report. The question is, do these reports have any direct implications on you and me, or are they just another set of reports? Well, you'll get a chance to find out on this episode of Development Report. And if, you, if that opportunity comes, we'll share the phone lines with you. So to do this with me today is Mayowa Tijani. He's a development journalist with the Cable NG. He's a practicing journalist, a multi-award winning public speaker, and a 2017 Chevening Scholar. He's a graduate of food technology from my university, the University of Ibadan. He's also a graduate of the Nigerian Institute of Journalism, Lagos. Is also rounding off his master's degree in media practice for development and social change 
at the University of Sussex in the UK. He also attends the uh, he attends and also reports uh, the World Bank and IMF spring and annual meetings in Washington D.C. Um, he's been doing that for a while now. His works have been quoted by International Business Times, by Bloomberg, and even by the BBC. He was named as one of the 50 young leaders from over 144 countries to discuss human rights issues at the Cumberland Lodge that's, uh, uh, at uh, Windsor Great Park, UK. Well, Mayowa Tijani has run into many troubles uh, with the Nigerian government. Uh, the latest being his coverage of the Commonwealth Heads of Government Forum, uh, Chogum, 20, Chogum 2018, where his report inspired the Lazy Nigerian Youth hashtag and, of course, the uh, consequent national revolt uh, which followed. Aha. Uh -huh. So that, that phrase, Lazy Nigerian Youth, I wonder how many are listening. Uh, on the show this morning. Welcome, Mayowa. Such a delight to have you in the studio with me. Thank you very, very much. It's such a delight to be here to discuss these issues. All right. So let's start straight away and try and give a highlight of these reports. Okay. You know, um, just quick, short highlights. Let's start with the State of States 2018 uh, budget, which was actually uh, the focus of Episode 1 of Development Report. Um, the fiscal sustainability index. What what is what's that, what's been the highlight of it? Um, basically, that report shows um, the problem with uh, the adequate problem with the Nigerian state. Mm. Now uh, there are seventeen states in Nigeria today that cannot fund that, that they cannot fund their current expenditures. They mm -hmm. cannot pay salaries. Mm -hmm. They cannot pay pensions. They cannot take care of what their responsibilities should be and. This, of course, impacts the economy, impacts the people. The woman who is supposed to get um, so, so amount of money gets half what they are supposed to get mm. uh, or do not even get anything at all. And, of course, this um, impacts the quality of life that these people can live within the states in Nigeria. And 17 states, that's, that's almost half of the federation. Mm. Mm. So it's a problem that we have to deal with as a country. Well, the good uh, side of it is that we do know that River State is on top of the fiscal responsibility, uh, pardon me, fiscal sustainability yeah. index. Yes, yeah. and of course that's a result of um, oil produce. Yeah. If there were no oil in River State, I don't think uh, that's it would the be tougher. To, yeah, it would but there's also talk about the state's robust. Um, yeah, the, the profile because of oil yeah. is one thing, but also the manageable recurrent expenditure obligation, uh, uh, you know, as you know, it looks good compared. You, some would argue exactly. and say, yeah, yeah when you have a lot of money. Exactly. Manageable <laughs> is, is relative. Mm. If River State was getting the kind of um, funds that a state like Oshun or Kogi State gets, mm. The problem won't be saying manageable. Yeah. But speaking of that, River State's actual revenue uh, in 2017 was 209.12 billion dollars. Yeah. When juxtaposed with its recurrent expenditure obligation of 141 billion in the same year, yes. uh, indicates uh, uh, fiscal stability. Yeah, uh, of course, looking at what you get and what you're spending on, of mm. course, the, the gulf is there. So, yes, they, they seem to have a lot more. Meaning they're able to cover their recurrent expenditure without borrowing. Exactly. Okay. In 2018, uh, the recurrent expenditure is expected to fall 
to approximately 132 billion. Now, at face value, the state should shouldn't have problems paying its way going forward. So rivers doing river well. State, river state is fine. There yeah. are a number of other states in Nigeria that are fine. Mm-hmm. But um, if we removed oil from the equation, yeah, virtually a, none of the states. It's a different kettle of fish. Yes, so. oh, all right. Thank you for that. Let's go to the goalkeepers report. We talked about this three weeks ago. Uh, what has been the highlight for you? It was an interesting conversation uh, that we had on this um, show when uh, we treated this. What's your highlight? I, I'd say that um, the problem with population, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting excited about this population discourse in Nigeria. Now, mm. before now, when we're talking population in Nigeria, we're talking about, oh, so Nigeria is going to be close to 400 million in 2050. And we won't be able to feed ourselves. The road won't be the roads won't be good enough for us. The population is all this and all that. Mm. So we are thinking about what can we do? How many more houses do we need to build? How many roads do we need to repair? What kind of farming do we need to get ourselves involved in? That's one part of the pro- That's one part of solving the problem. But there's also a second part, which is for me easier: population control. Mm. So if the if if the indices are saying that you are going to move to 400 by 2050, you can. As well, turn the indices on the head. Okay, why are we going to move to this place? Mm. What can we do to say, okay, we are not going to get 400. We want to stay at 200. Mm. The UK, for example, in 1960, the population of the UK was around 52 million. Mm -hmm. Today, the population of the UK is around 66 million. In Mm. 1960, the population of Nigeria was 45 million. Mm -hmm. Today, we are doing 191, close to 200. Mm. So, the UK has was just... I just added a little over a hundred uh, over 10 million within mm-hmm. o- over 50 years but within that period nigeria has gone like three times over so if we controlled population uh, it's never too late to start okay never too late to start um the goalkeepers report is focusing um this year on youth population growth the young people particularly which will affect future world progress in fact two days ago there was a report i monitored on international media i talked about reviewing world population uh from the over 7 billion uh, to about 9.8 billion which would mean new indices are indicating that perhaps we are more than we think we are and, and that would greatly impact because many of the regions that will contribute to these are regions with um, unsatisfactory or, uh, you know, unscientific population, sensors, methods. Exactly. And it looks like the, 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 the situation is more bleak than we know. Yes. So, um, Nigeria, for example, the population of Nigeria should be monitored mm. in so okay we're so we're due for a census in 2016 we're in 2018 we wanted to take out the census this year but the government said there was not enough money mm. and of course if we don't it's like a father if you don't know the amount of children you have how do you even plan, plan. And prepare for mm. them? young people young yeah. people if countries invest in the health and education of their young people It'll enable us unlock productivity and innovation. It will help us cut poverty, generate further prosperity. The downside is, like you just mentioned, if we ignore young people's potential, then we risk jeopardizing the progress that has been made so far. We can even get go get worse by going backwards. 
exactly. on, on things like gender equity, uh, stability, health outcomes, economic uh, prosperity, and all of that. But let's just move on from the goalkeeper's report to the global competitiveness report of 2018. Uh, that, that's like the only report that we have here that's, <laughs> that's in favor of Nigeria as a country. Mm, mm. And of course, um, that report is actually... Um, it's a, it's a mirror we should look at and tell ourselves that if we decide to fix a problem, we can. Mm -hmm. So when this government decided that it was going to fix the problem of um, doing business, mm -hmm. let's um, increase the ease of doing business in Nigeria. They got one or two things here, there, at the airport, the visas, the registration of business and all that. Once that was in place, Nigeria jumped in ease of doing business index nigeria is jumping in competitive index mm -hmm. we are still far from where we should yeah we are, we are at four yeah uh, we, are, we are still we yeah. are still way behind but mm. that kind of progress shows that if we decide as a country if we decide as a government as a people that we want to fix this we have the capacity to yeah so that's why i do not mislead you the world economic forum's global competitiveness index is yeah. four <laughs> four point oh which is the global thing yeah. not the nigerian thing yeah. it's a it's a uh, new comp composite um indicator that um, assesses the set of factors determining an economy's level of productivity uh, and it is uh, uh, what is widely considered as the most important determinants of long-term growth okay yeah. so now looking at the drivers of productivity the drivers of uh, competitiveness, institutions, infrastructure, technological readiness, macroeconomic contexts. I, I think for, for, for a place like Nigeria, uh, yeah. we have a lot to do with our social spending. Mm -hmm. um, today, education budget for a country like Nigeria is less than 10%, which is bad for the country that mm. has the highest number of out-of-school children. So. If we would fix the country, we have to start talking deliberately about the social spending. Is there any of these, uh, you know, any single one of these pillars that you are happy with? Let's look business dynamism and innovation. Happy is such a luxury in Nigeria today. <laughs> How about our financial system? The financial system, maybe it's better than it was it, maybe 10 years ago. But, but it's still a long way to go. still so far. Product market, labor market health education skills let, let, let's just look at it on this of course um, this back and forth that we've had between the federal government and the nigerian labor congress so these people are asking for thirty thousand as minimum wage per month mm. that is less than hundred dollars yeah if you go back as far as the 1980s what Niger what a nigerian worker was getting as minimum wage was way more than hundred dollars <sighs> Mm. And inflationary trends and all that is there is really nothing to be happy about in all that. <laughs> uh, well, some would say there is one one area, market size. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, population is a, 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 population is an advantage to Nigeria any day. Anything. Mm -hmm. But it's also a disadvantage. We yeah. have the size. We are the biggest in Africa, the biggest black nation in the world, and all that. We have this. We have the numbers. We should use it to our advantage, mm. not otherwise. All right. Just in case you're wondering how you could join in on this conversation, what you've heard so far, you could call us up. Our numbers are zero one two seven seven zero nine nine three zero one two seven seven one nine nine three zero one two seven seven two nine nine three. 
and 0127739933. My guest is Mario Atijani, a development journalist with the Cable NG. I talked about him. This guy has uh, a resume that would scare even the bravest of us. And and he's, he's young. I don't know whether he's super young or he just looks super young. You know? Amazing guy. Uh, it's almost like, looking at all you've accomplished, it's almost like you've been here forever. Um, well, I've, I've not been here forever, of course, clearly not. <laughs> and um, I've just been in the development space mm. for like four years. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about Nigeria's okay. development. Um, so earlier on, I talked about running into problems with the presidency and all of that. Um, because of your coverage of the Commonwealth Heads of Government of, of this year, uh, the Lazy Nigerian Youth hashtag, what was the height of it for you? Well, I think the height of it for me was when the pressure came that we should um, take down the story, mm. um, what you reported is false, and, and all that. Um, I, as a Nigerian, I, when, when I heard what the President said, as a Nigerian youth, I felt um, it was more than just reporting. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a duty. Mm. It was a duty to defend the... There were many Nigerians used at the Commonwealth Head of Government meeting that were making impact. One of them was even there to receive an award for yeah. the work she was doing back home. So for me, uh, I, I felt it was a slap on all of us. And I spoke with some of the handlers for the government and told them, how to handle this kind of situation but they still decided to um turn mm. things around the way they wanted said i was a mischief maker and all that but i i i think it's clear to everyone yeah what the situation really is all right um while we were having that uh, conversation um a few calls uh, came in if you've been trying to reach us uh, please do not give up we're looking uh, out would uh, take your calls when they um, came and when they, when they just come in now I was gonna ask you according to the latest World Health Organization data uh, published for 2018 life expectancy in Nigeria hmm? yeah, 54, yes yeah, so the uh, 54 is the current life expectancy for the Nigerian male 55 is for the nigerian women. woman yeah uh it shows that it's, I, I don't it's, know it's actually I, I, okay this on the lighter note mm. i find it interesting that all over the world mm. men are expected to die before women yeah. <laughs> there's no equality in that i was having a conversation with someone um was, it, was that two days ago about how this whole the whole scheme doesn't work uh, doesn't work in a man's favor and i wonder what Carla would think about it. I mean, I, she's, she's I, I also think it doesn't work in a woman's favor. But, really? but in Nigeria, it's pretty close. It just a few months difference is really not going to make any difference. And yeah. What What is of concern to me is that if you are 56 in Nigeria, you are mm -hmm. living on birth time. <laughs> yeah. Once you are 56, just prepare your house and you like make sure everything is in order. Yeah. Your will is uh, speak and, and span. I, I think this is one of the reasons why our youth youth population is very high because people get to die more when they cross that line mm -hmm. than okay for example in japan last year the number of births was around less than a million nine hundred thousand and thereabouts yeah for 
um, number of deaths, they had more than a million deaths. Wow. So the, the gap between birth rates and death rates was about 400,000. Mm. And of course, this tells on their population. But for Nigeria, the case is different. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Nigeria is ranked 178 out of 192 countries ranked. You know, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think that it still boils down to education and healthcare. Yeah. If Nigeria focuses a lot more on education and healthcare, mm-hmm. then we'll be able to improve our life expectancy. An educated person knows, okay, for example, when there was the outbreak of Ebola some years ago, People were saying bath with salt, drink salt water, and all that. An educated person, truly educated person, mm. knows not to do that. So education sort of arms you mm. with some preservation skills, so to say. Interesting uh, stuff. Uh, just talk, going to the sub-region. Uh, 17 of the 34 sub-Saharan African economies that have been studied in recent times are among the bottom 20. The average of our region, the sub-Saharan, uh, sub-Saharan Africa, re- African region, is 45.2. Is 45.2. Yeah. Uh, you know, which places the, re- the re- sub-region less than halfway to the frontier. Mauritius is actually 49th. Uh, and they lead the mm-hmm. sub-region. Uh, South Africa um, is further back by 30, point, 30, 30 points. And they, are, they, are, they then are 91 places ahead of Chad, who are third. Exactly. Kenya, uh, are, uh, I don't know, Kenya is at 93rd, they are ahead of Nigeria, um, who, who come in at 115 in position. It's troubling. Let, let's take this phone call. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Hello. Apologies, we seem to have left you on that line for, for too long. You've probably moved on with your life. Hello? Are you still there? Okay, we'll come back to that. It's pretty disturbing scenario for the country. The, the question is, any hope of a quick turnaround? Um, I, I think development across the world is no magic. Mm-hmm. It's, you have to plan it. You have to f- stick to the plan and you have to follow through. No, uh, Nigeria today, we cannot just jump out of all this we cannot jump out of the bottom of all these indices by a stroke of luck or anything but if we focus okay so i i say it, it's seven million people are living in extreme poverty mm-hmm. um 10 million people are out of school um the health system does not support the livelihood of this um millions of nigerians so to jump out of that kind of situation you have to deliberately start fixing it slowly now i think one of the problems we have is that politicians would prefer to build a road Mm -hmm. that after two years they can tie a ribbon around somewhere and cut a tape yeah you can't tie a ribbon around a child who you put in primary one Mm. four years after you can't tie a ribbon and say yes um i'm inaugurating this child after no it doesn't work that way so Investing in human development is a long-term project. <laughs> and until we are ready to go the long haul, I don't think we are going to turn around anything. Finally, let's talk about the fight against inequality. Um, a global ranking of governments based on what they are doing to tackle the gap between the rich and the poor uh, ranks Nigeria as the least among 157 countries on social spending, tax and labor rights. The question is, is 
What is Nigeria doing to fight inequality? I do not think Nigeria is trying to fight inequality. In fact, if there was anything we are doing, we are actually doing more to open up the gulf between the rich and the poor. And we've been constant in this yes in, in this position for the last two years. They say we have a shamefully unenviable distinction. Wow. So we 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 are not doing enough. So when you are not educating someone, you are not giving them productivity to be the power to be productive to the economy. So they are losing on the economic front, they are losing on the mental front, they are losing on the physical front mm. uh, as a result of malnutrition. So that um, class of people are losing on every front. Now the other class, which of course the rich, their children get to go to the best schools, eat the best meals, um, make the best networks, have the best healthcare. They are also um, getting the best mm. musically so the golf is increasing by the day interesting let's see if we can just have time for just one call um hello good morning to you good morning how are you my brother not bad at all um let's meet you and uh, we just take a short message for um, a contribution from you all right all right i have to um one just a uh, complaint and the other one just to contribute in your um, conversation yeah i want to ask in Nigeria, in a year, how many deaths do we record? Deaths, okay. Yes. Mm. How many, both uh, family deaths, normal, and um, every other thing, as long as death is confined. Mm. Then, one other thing, please, um, I'm calling from in respect of another thing. There is issue I have before, and uh, I've been sending mail, um, not water test to 08095978. Eh, Okay, let me let me let me promise you personally, please send that message right now. Once I say bye bye on this show, I will go to the message. Okay. I will please. respond uh, to you personally. Uh, 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 our, yes, please. Okay. Go back to that. All right. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you Thank much. you very much. Because I needed some numbers from uh, Olua, Olua, Olua Depot and oh, Itolu. Okay. There was a program that anchored somewhere in, um, on the 30th of this year, um, on 30th of June, before I step out of Nigeria. All right. I will respond to you. We've run out of time. I promise I will respond straight to you. Unfortunately, we've completely run out of time. What, what's your call to action in a, a, a quick few seconds, Mayor? I would say that is, I have the same thing to say. Mm. Invest in education, invest in health that automatically begins to fix every of the problems we have. Mayowa uh, Tijani has been my guest, a development journalist with the Cable NG, packs a heavy portfolio. Portfolio. It's been a pleasure having you with me, Mayowa. Thank you very much for having me. So that's the show. Uh, we can't take any more, but you can join the conversation at any time at Nigeria Info FM on Twitter, at Dev Newsroom on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can also check www.dnnafrica.com for updates. You can send us emails to dnnafrica@gmail.com, or you can send us SMS to 0909-772-0002. It's a production of DNN Africa, the development reporters. Mayowa Adenino, a totally different Mayowa, is the producer. Uh, you can follow him on Mayowa Post. Blessing, Oladunjoye, and Adeloju Idowa, production assistants. I'm Femi Obong Daniels. Uh, you can always be a part of our conversation. I'll be back same time next week. Until then, have a wonderful, wonderful time. Kala. <laughs>